Welcome to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how to lead more efficiently and effectively in a post-pandemic world where the workplace has changed dramatically. Now, here's Monique. Welcome, welcome. I'm Monique. Thanks so much for joining me today. And a very warm welcome to anyone who's new to the show. If this is your first time listening to the show, this show is all about leadership and things that leaders can do to enhance their skill set in the workplace. And we have a combination of shows with guests and solo shows like the one today where it will just be me. So I hope that you'll gain some really valuable insights from what you listen to today. Now, over the next few weeks, I'll be talking about goal setting. Today, we'll be focusing on setting personal goals. And next week, you'll hear about setting professional goals. Now, many of my clients struggle with this. Either they set goals that are too tactical and they have no larger vision to tie those goals to, or they set goals that are so broad they can't accomplish them. So there's no execution on their end. So I'll walk you through a process today, a tool that we'll be using, and a case study of one of my clients. You'll also have access to the tool that I'll be using. And you can download that at my website at mdconsultingglobal.com. You can go to the radio page and click on this episode and you'll see the downloadable tool. So if you're a leader, this is going to be a very important process for you because you can use it for yourself and you can also teach it to your direct reports. Now, the reason that I'm starting with personal goals today is because as an executive coach, I feel that everything starts with the individual. So if you don't know how to set your own personal goals, it's going to affect you in the workplace and you won't be able to set professional goals or workplace goals. You'll have a hard time achieving goals that are given to you from senior leadership. So I want to introduce you to this process today, and you'll be able to get started with it immediately after the show because you can download the tool, which is a very simple tool to use. You'll hear me explain it today, and it'll be something you can also use with your direct reports. Now, as we do on all shows, we will be taking questions from listeners throughout the show so if you have questions about this process as I go through it, you can email me at monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. Now, have you ever wondered why it is that many people set goals and they never achieve them? Or they achieve maybe professional goals, but not personal ones or vice versa. So in the workplace, it's not a good look for leaders and teams who can't achieve their goals or their KPIs or their metrics. And like I mentioned, I personally think that it all starts with goals in your personal life. If you can't achieve those, it carries over to you having a challenge achieving professional and work goals. Now, leaders who can achieve goals 
are more sought after. They tend to get promotions faster. They develop higher performing teams. What's their secret? Have you ever wondered that? How can they do that? How can they simply set a goal and then end up achieving it? And when they do that, people really look up to them. Well, their secret is that they have a plan. Their plan consists of practical steps plus behaviors. And those behaviors are things like discipline, uh, motivation, forming habits, creating structure, and having something called their why. Now, we'll be going into all of that today. And you also learn the difference between personal and professional goals. You'll see what a plan looks like because I'll take you through a case study of one of my clients. And you'll learn all about those behaviors that I mentioned. So we'll spend this episode talking about personal goals. Next week, we'll round out this series by talking about professional goals. And you'll definitely be able to relate to the case study that I'll share with you. I'm pretty sure you will definitely see yourself in this situation that I'll tell you about. And this was related to Susan, my client, who struggled with setting goals not only in her personal life, but also in her professional life. So you'll hear all about that today. Now, according to my goal-setting system, I have divided personal goals into what I call eight areas of wellness. Now, this concept comes from my book, which many of the concepts I talk about on the show are from my book. So this is on the chapter that I have related to goal-setting. And the eight areas that I have identified And I consider them eight areas of wellness. So that would be physical, intellectual, emotional, relationship, spiritual, environmental, and financial. Now, I only named seven areas, and that's because the eighth area is occupational wellness. And we'll discuss that in a moment, but the other seven areas all need to be considered in goal setting in order to have what I consider a really good balance in your professional life. So I consider those areas to be a realistic split between everything that makes up our personal life. So I mentioned physical, intellectual, emotional, and we'll go into all of those one by one today as I explain to you how my client set goals in all these areas of her life. Now, the eighth area is occupational wellness. And that's what covers professional goals. So the professional goals can be anything from career growth, behaviors and skills that you want to improve in the workplace, or even business goals that are given to you from the more senior leaders in in a company. Now, the tool that we're going to use today is something that you'll be able to download. This is what I mentioned that you can download from my website at mdconsultingglobal.com. Click on the radio page and go to this episode and it'll be there for you. So I will describe the tool to you and that's what we'll be talking through today in this episode. 
I use a tool based on a method of goal setting that large companies use. And this is called the OKR and I tool. Objectives, key results, and initiatives. OKR and I. And I put this tool together when I use it in my coaching sessions. It's designed for a one-year plan for personal and professional goals. Now, the professional goals or the occupational wellness, we will talk about next week. So today, we're just going to focus on the seven areas of a, a personal life, your personal life. So this tool is a table, and that's how it's designed in the download that you'll receive. Now, for each goal, so aka the seven areas, you're going to have an objective statement. That's one of the first columns on the tool is an objective statement, seven areas, an objective statement. Then for the key results column, you're going to have two to four key results for every goal that you set. So the results, the key results are what are going to be the results of your goal? How, how do you want to measure it? So these are measurements or key results of each goal that you're going to set. And finally, the third column is for initiatives, because remember, this was objectives, key results, and initiatives. And you're going to have four to six initiatives for every goal that you set. And initiatives are actions, or how will you accomplish those results? So the tool is fairly simple, and it's in a Word document. And you'll receive it in a Word document, not in a PDF. And that way you can alter it if you want to. And it's just three columns, a column for objectives, a column for key results, and a column for initiatives. And then there will be a row for each area of wellness. And I mentioned that that to be physical, intellectual, emotional, and so forth. Now, I'm going to use my client, Susan, as the case study today because she was a really good example of how she used this tool in her personal life and then her professional life, which you'll hear about next week. And Susan was a senior director. When she came to me, she was having trouble setting and accomplishing personal and professional goals, but it was showing up for her big time at work. At work, she knew the big picture of what she wanted, but she had no idea of how to get anything done or how to communicate it to her managers, her direct reports. So she was one of the type of people that have a large vision and they don't know how to get down to the tactical to-do items. So in coaching, we decided to start with her personal goals first so she could get a feel for how the tool worked. And here's some examples from her goal tool. So this is how you'll see how the tool will work. And we started with her area of wellness called emotional wellness. So this was her row on the tool 
called emotional wellness. Now, the first column is objective. You want to create an objective statement for each area of wellness. So her objective statement was her goal to develop skills to better navigate interpersonal relationships. Her key results area, that column, she wanted less conflict, more communication, and more harmony in her personal life. And then her initiatives column was taking a conflict resolution class, taking a course on nonviolent communication, and asking for feedback. So that's an example of how she filled out that row of emotional wellness. Her objective statement started with a verb. It was to develop, develop skills to better navigate interpersonal relationships. And then she listed her key results, which is how she's going to measure that. And then she listed the actions she was going to take. Now, for physical wellness, she did the same thing. Her objective, which started with a verb, her goal, was to balance and improve her health. And her key results, so this is how she was going to measure that, was that she wanted body fat below 30%, and she wanted to lower her A1C. Now, how she was going to achieve that was to work with a nutritionist, go to the gym one hour, three times a week, and get her quarterly labs done. So you see there's three main parts of this. The objective statement, which is the goal statement, the key results, so that's how you're going to measure it, and then the initiatives. What are you going to do to achieve that goal? So let's try another one, financial wellness. And with her, she decided she wanted to increase her financial security. She was going to measure that by increasing her savings by 25% and paying off her student loans. Now, the steps she was going to take to do that was to reduce certain living expenses and to increase her monthly student loan payments and meet quarterly with a financial planner. So that's an example of three areas of wellness that she added to the tool. And we're going to pause here for a minute. If you've just tuned in, I'm talking to you today about how to set personal goals with an OKR and I tool. It really helps you develop a plan and it helps you stick to that plan. Right now, we're looking at Susan's plan for her professional, uh, her personal goals. Next week, we'll look at her professional goals. So right now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll cover a few more of Susan's goals. And we'll also hear from a few listeners who have sent in questions. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. At MD Consulting, Executive Coach Monique Dagneau provides executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, 
we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We've been delving into a little bit of the psychology of goal setting and how it's best to have a plan for your goals. The best leaders are great at setting and achieving both personal and professional goals. You've gotten a feel for how my client Susan started using the goal setting tool for her her personal goals. I'm going to answer a few questions that listeners have sent in, and then we'll look at a few more of Susan's goals and how she continued to use the tool. This first question is from Peter, and Peter asks, how many key results and how many initiatives should you have for each goal? Okay, so if you recall, you first have your objective statement, which is your goal statement. And then you're going to have key results, which is how are you going to measure the success of that goal statement? So you want to have two to four key results in that column for that particular goal, for any particular goal, two to four key results. So two to four ways that you could measure the outcome. And then you want four to six initiatives. And the initiatives are the steps you're going to take, the actions you will take to create that achieved goal or to get to those key results. Now, remember, I use the tool on a one-year period. So I have my clients fill it out at the end of one year for the full next year, for the upcoming year. So it's a one-year tool for me. Some companies use this as a quarterly tool, and we'll we'll get to all of that as we continue through today. So it's one goal statement or one objective statement for every goal, two to four key results, and four to six initiatives on a one-year basis. 
All right. Barbara writes in, when you define the objective, how long should it be? Should it be about a paragraph? All right. So Barbara's talking about the objective statement that goes in the first column with whatever goal you're trying to achieve. So for Susan, for physical wellness, that was her area of wellness. Her goal statement was to balance her physical health. So really, you just need one short sentence. It's not a paragraph. And it does need to start with a verb or an action word like balance or increase or improve. And this concise sentence really helps you get clear on your goal. So hopefully that answered that question. But yeah, definitely a very short sentence, nothing really long. All right, let's look at a few more of Susan's goals, and then we'll dive into the necessary behaviors to execute on this plan. So Susan went on to her next area of wellness, which was spiritual, and she created an objective statement. And watch how this starts with a verb. So she said she wanted to deepen her spiritual knowledge enough to speak at a local community center. So that was a one-sentence objective statement that started with a verb. Her key results, so the way she was going to measure it, was to complete the talk at the community center, get positive feedback about it. So those were the two ways she was going to measure it, completing it and getting feedback. Now, the initiatives, so how, what were the steps she was going to take to get to that point? She was going to take some courses about spirituality. She was going to book the talk, put together the content, and promote the talk. So those were four initiatives, four actions that she needed to take before she could even complete the talk, which was one of her results, the way she was going to measure it. Intellectual wellness was her next one. And her objective statement was to learn another language. So again, it starts with a verb, and it was a very short sentence, learn another language. That was her goal. Her key results, or the way she was going to measure it, was to, it was Spanish that she was trying to learn. She was going to complete the first level of Spanish, enroll in the second level. So those were the two ways she would measure her success. But how was she going to get to that success? So what steps was she going to take? Her initiatives were to research and choose the course, enroll in the course. She had to block out study time in her calendar and then create a place to study. So those were four initiatives that she needed to take to even get to the completion point, the key results of her goal. Now, environmental wellness was the next one. So with with Susan, we're going through all seven of her personal areas of wellness. So environmental wellness was next. Her objective statement was to reduce environmental footprint. So she was very environmentally conscious and she really wanted to work on that area of her life. So she wanted to reduce her environmental footprint. Now her key results so the way she was going to measure her success here was that she wanted to donate 3% of her income in goods or cash. And that is a very measurable thing to, to do because you 
you know what 3% of your income is. She wanted to reduce recyclable consumption by 25%. So this would be measured by for her by the amount of time she filled up her recycled trash container. She was able to know exactly how much went out into her recycle container and how much she would be able to reduce that. So for her, those were the two ways in the end that she was going to measure if she reduced her environmental footprint. Now, what did she have to do in order to get to that point? So this is the initiatives part of her tool. She was going to donate clothes and money six times a year. She was going to go more digital to reduce paper. So she had a lot of paper consumption in her house. And that was increasing the amount of her recyclable consumption. So if she went more digital, she would have less paper. And that would contribute to reducing her recyclables by 25%. She was also going to make purchases that reduced packaging. And she was going to use recyclable bags for her purchases. So she had quite a few initiatives here, things that she was going to do throughout the year that would get her to that final goal and those key results that were very measurable, donating the 3% of her income and reducing her recycles by 25%. Now, something to remember here before I talk about her seventh area of wellness in her personal life, the reason you'll get this tool as a Word document is so that you can alter it. Now, the reason you may want to alter it is because as I work with clients on this tool, they might not call these areas seven or eight dimensions of wellness. Or they might use that same phrasing, but they might not have a a dimension called environmental wellness. That may be something that's not important to anyone. So they may alter the tool based on the areas that they want to set goals in. And you'll see an example of that next week when we use the tool specifically for occupational wellness and setting goals in the workplace. All right. So another area of wellness that Susan wanted to address was social. So social wellness was something that she wanted to set a goal in. Now her objective statement was to develop a higher quality of relationships with like-minded people. So notice she started with a verb, develop, higher quality relationships with like-minded people. So that was her her end result throughout the course of the year. She wanted to work on developing her relationships. So her key results then were expanding her personal sphere of influence by 50%. And that could be measured because she had already a good idea of the people in her personal life, the number of people in her personal life. So she knew what it would look like to increase that by 50%. So that was one of the ways she was going to measure this goal. 
Now, the other way was to develop a reliable support system. Now, really, that's very subjective. And Susan would be the only one that would be able to know what is considered reliable to her. She had a a couple of people that she felt were really reliable and that she could call on if she needed support. But she really wanted to increase that and have additional people that were there for her if needed. So those were the the two ways that she was going to measure that goal. And then her initiatives. So again, these are the steps that she would be taking all year long. She would be joining some local networking groups. So she wanted to do just some personal networking so that she could expand that sphere of influence. She decided she wanted to visit extended family twice as often. So she knew that she normally did trips each year to visit family. But as she was thinking about her sphere of influence and her reliable support system, she decided that part of the reason why her family wasn't supportive is because she didn't take the steps to foster good relationships with them. So that was a very eye-opening insight on her part as she was goal setting. She realized that there were some things that she could do differently when it came to her social wellness so that she would be able to gain that extra support from her family. And she decided on two new hobbies that she wanted to undertake. And she also decided that she wanted to volunteer once a month. So with all of these steps that she was taking, that was really her way of getting to the key results, expanding her sphere of influence by 50% and developing a reliable support system. So you can see that each of these goals, it takes some thought and planning. And that's one of the things I find that people don't do. They don't plan. And it really takes, you have to sit down and be reflective, which Susan did. She did a lot of these as action items. And then we talked through them in our coaching sessions to make sure that she was clear on what she had to do. Now, we've gotten through all of Susan's seven areas of wellness for her personal life because we're waiting until next week to do her occupational wellness area. That's the eighth area of wellness. And if you've just tuned in, today's episode is about personal goal setting. I've taken you through Susan's plan for her personal goals so that you could see the practical steps that she took. And I mentioned earlier that the most successful leaders do have a plan, but they also have behaviors like discipline, motivation, forming habits, creating structure, and then using something called their why. We're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll hear more about these behaviors. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you ready to unlock your full potential as a leader? Look no further than MD Consulting. Monique Dagno, executive coach, best-selling author, and captivating public speaker, is here to guide you towards transformational success. With a global reach, Monique empowers executive leaders and HR professionals through engaging presentations at conferences, team-building activities, and industry gatherings. Monique's mission is clear, to revolutionize workplace behavior. She achieves this not only by coaching a diverse clientele, but also by educating corporate leaders through both virtual and in-person events. Well, thank you so much for being here to help us understand. As a recognized subject matter expert, Monique delves into crucial topics such as psychological safety, onboarding strategies, effective training methods, and mastering time management skills. Now for a great topic that we're going to delve into. Ready to learn more? Request Monique's Speaker One Sheet or secure her for an engaging speaking engagement by sending an email to monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. Don't miss this opportunity to elevate your leadership journey with Monique Daniel and MD Consulting. Unleash your potential today. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com or email monique at mdconsultingglobal.com to take the next step towards transformative leadership. MD Consulting, where success begins. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're hearing today about personal goal setting. If you're a leader, knowing how to do this is really important. It's a very important part of leadership. Your people expect you to set the direction of the team and also help them set goals. And I believe it all starts with knowing how to set your own personal goals, which you saw an example of with Susan's situation. Now let's look at some leadership behaviors that tie into goal setting. Now, it's great to have a plan like we just went through with Susan's tool, but how do you work the plan? So even if you're disciplined enough to do all the work Susan did, create the plan and document everything, how do you accomplish those things? Well, leaders who are really good at setting goals, they have a what we call a why. They have a really big why. And this is huge. Your why needs to be huge. This is what drives your objective statements. And this is the whole the whole why that you have the goal in the first place. So in Susan's case, she had a health goal. She had a goal for physical wellness. If you recall, it was to lose weight. It was to reduce her body fat, reduce her A1C. So When Susan and I worked together on her tool, I asked her why she had that goal. And she gave me a lot of more superficial reasons. And I kept asking her why, because that didn't seem to go deep enough. 
So come to find out, Susan had a really horrible health scare about 18 months ago. And at that time, she decided she you know, needed to lose the weight, needed to clean up her health, and she wanted to be around for her family. So that was her why related to her physical wellness goal. So any goal that you set, you have to do more deep reflection because you need to understand your why. And this is when I find out that most people who set goals can't achieve them. It's because they have no why or they don't have a why that is big enough or important enough. They don't drill down deeper to really get to the point of why they set goals. Sometimes people have a goal because they think they should have that goal or they're trying to keep up with someone. So they want to do the same thing that other person is doing. So they have that goal also. Or they're part of a a group and that group has a goal. So they have the same goal. Maybe it's a, a group that goes running every weekend and they want to be part of a group. So they decide they're going to run every weekend, but really they don't like running or they don't need to run. So they keep missing time with the group. So if you find that you're falling short on stepping up and following your plan, think about your why, because it's got to be really, really big. And you could even ask other people. You could get feedback from others so that you make sure your why is very well known. And you could even put your why into each area on the tool that you'll download so that you can remember your why. So that's important that every goal has to have a why. Now, motivation is another behavior. And this ties to your why. So your why should keep you motivated. So remember I talked about if a runner joins a running group. If you're not motivated to go running with that group, If you're losing motivation, go back to your why and try to understand if it truly is a good why or not. So that will tie into your motivation. Structure is another behavior. Now, in this case, the structure is the tool that I provided you with today. Now, some people try to set goals without a tool, meaning they set the goal in their head and they try to remember the goal and just go by memory but you need a tool, you need a plan, you have to write everything down as part of your plan. Now, in this case, the tool you download will be the tool you use to create and write down your plan, and you need to revise it, and you need to be flexible with it and give yourself some grace. So I'm not saying that you have to be flexible enough where you never follow the plan, because you still have to be structured with it. But if you come close to meeting your goal and you don't quite meet it that year, don't beat yourself up for it. The tool is designed to be revised. So keep that in mind as you use the tool. And again, that's why I'm giving it to you in the Word format so that you can revise it as you go. And I'll say a little more in a moment about how I do that because I use the tool myself. 
Now, discipline is another behavior that really good leaders have when they are good at accomplishing goals. They look at their plan on a regular basis. So with this tool, I teach people to create it, follow it, look at it monthly. Even if you have to leave yourself a a note in your phone, you need to remind yourself to look at it monthly. And the initiatives that you have, which are your actions, you need to look at those on a regular basis and even list them in your calendar or in your task list. And when I talk to my clients about time management, I talk about having a task list. So everyone should have some kind of a task list and your initiatives from your goal tool should be listed in your task list so that you're looking at them daily. That gives you accountability. And accountability is very important. You can have self-accountability, but you can also get accountability from other people. So for Susan, she got accountability in coaching, but you can tell people about your goals and get accountability that way also. Now, habit is the other thing, the other behavior. Goal setting is a habit and you've got to keep doing it. You've got to update your tool every year. I have my clients do it in the fall, and that's when I update mine also, usually around October or November is when I update mine for the year ahead. And doing it a month or two in advance gives you time to sit down and reflect on goals, reflect on what you want to accomplish for the year, and really reflect and think through things. And that way you're giving goal setting a chance to work because you're thinking through everything. So that is habit forming. You've got to look at your tool every month. You've got to look at your initiatives every day. And you've got to look at your updating the tool every year. So those are a lot of the behaviors that are involved in goal setting and the behaviors that really good leaders develop, and they use them, and they can be developed. So as Susan used this in her goal setting, she found that it was incredibly structured, and it helped her stay on track. And then what she did was look at it on a regular basis, and she could see if she was on track or if she was forgetting to do something. All right, now we're going to head to some questions. We've had some people writing in just during this segment as I've been talking. So they're very interested in more about the tool and how to use that in in a very structured way. So let's first go to Dawn. She wrote in and said, can you say more about looking at the tool monthly? What do you do at that time? Okay, so... You have your tool filled out. You leave yourself a note, hopefully in your task list that you're using for time management. And every month you go back to the tool and you gauge your progress. So you go through every goal and look to see where you're at. 
and look at the initi- initiatives that you created, the action items, and see which ones you are moving forward on, which ones have you completed. Now, what I do in my tool is that for all the initiatives I have completed, I mark them in red. So I use red font to show me that they're completed. You can do anything. You can use a check mark. I wouldn't delete them when they're done because you want to go back at the end of the year and look at everything you've accomplished. And if you delete the things you've accomplished, you won't see it. So I leave them on the tool, but I mark it in red so that I know I've mastered that. So each month you want to do that. You want to make it a habit to go in. And that way, if you're falling short on something, you know to focus more heavily on that in the upcoming months. You may have completed a goal early before the year is up. And then you don't focus on that goal anymore during the year. It's more in what we call maintenance mode. But then you would put a heavier focus on some other goals. All right, William has written in, how do you go through the yearly updating What if you haven't accomplished things? How do you keep from beating yourself up? Okay, that's three, like a three-part question, but very good questions. So as I mentioned, I start in November. I go through each area. And there are some things that you, it may not be realistic to finish it in a year. And that's when I said earlier, don't beat yourself up for it. So for me, sometimes if I don't accomplish a goal within the year, I carry it over. It's still a goal. I don't remove it. It just stays on the goal tool for the upcoming year. And other goals, if they have been completed by the the end of the year, you can do a couple things. You can save the tool and resave it to create a new tool. And then you'll create new goals for the upcoming year. That's what I do. I don't like to delete any of my goals, even when I've accomplished them, because I like to go back sometimes a couple years later and look back and see what has been accomplished. So you will keep track that way, but you you don't beat yourself up. You do have to have some grace and just allow yourself some flexibility. And it's a, a great exercise in self-compassion. Now, we've covered a lot today, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode about goal setting. Again, you can get my tool at mdconsultingglobal.com on the radio show page. But tune in again next week for more about how Susan used the exact same tool to handle her work and her professional goals. And keep emailing in your great questions because we've had a a really insightful time answering those today too, giving everyone else some really good information. You can check out all kinds of other things on my website at mdconsultingglobal.com where you'll see my blog that goes out twice a month. You can connect with me on social media and there's also a resource page where you can get a lot of other great complimentary resources all about leadership and how to do that better, how to create better behaviors as a leader. You have been listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. It's been great talking to you today. We'll talk again next week. And until then, 
Don't forget to lead with intention. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Leading with Intention. Our intention is that you walk away from this show today with new tools, techniques, and insights that help you lead more effectively and have greater impact within your company. Until we talk again, have a great week.